is really thinking about where you where you sort of get your energy from. Is it inward focused or is it externally focused? Welcome to the Joy Powered Workspace podcast, where we help HR and business leaders embrace joy in the workplace. I'm Susan White, owner of Susan Tinder White Consulting, an HR consulting practice. Joining me is my co-host and dear friend, Jody Curtis, owner of Purple Inc. and powered by Purple Inc., a professional network I am part of. Today's episode focuses on introverts at work. In a 2020 MBTI global study, Myers-Briggs found that 56.8% of people say that they are introverts. As you listen to today's podcast, you may be thinking, I'm an introvert, or my boss, my colleague, my staff member is an introvert, or maybe your partner, your best friend, your parent, your child is an introvert. More than half of us are. I am totally not an introvert. What about you? Jody? I you didn't have to take a test for me. I would have said you are not an introvert. I always thought I was an introvert until I took any tests regarding this or assessments because I always felt like I really ponder and I'm not, I always thought I wasn't one who just jumped in, but then I took the Myers-Briggs and I was a really strong extrovert. And then I waited a few years, I took it again. And I was even stronger. Yeah. So I realized I, I may be quiet, but boy, I do. I am extroverted as my thing. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. In the workplace, behaving in an extroverted way is often rewarded. Conscious or unconscious bias by organization leaders may lead to extroverted employees having their opinions heard first and valued more. Do you see that, Jody, happening sometimes? Well, I do not. I mean, I kind of hate to admit it almost, right? Like we don't want that to be Mm -hmm. the case. But, you know, many times the the extroverts are the ones who don't mind to speak up or share their opinion or show some more engagement. And they get acknowledged more frequently, I think. I know it is unfair, but I I do think it's real. In work settings, extroverts are more likely to rattle off responses or an idea or challenge than an introvert who may be processing the question or topic before they weigh in. Hmm. The extrovert may appear to be more ready with thoughts and may be seen as more assertive um, than their introverted colleagues. An expression that my son, who is definitely an introvert, often uses in the workplace is, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. He has learned that he has to push himself outside of his comfort zone often to speak up in the business world and be heard earlier than he is sometimes ready so as not to miss an opportune moment. Myers-Briggs suggests employers consider incorporating four practices to unleash the power of introversion. The first one is allow space and time to think. You know, we've talked before how, and when you're running a meeting, how important it is to get an agenda out in advance because an introvert as well as extroverts really knowing what they're walking into can be so helpful, especially if you're going to try to brainstorm solutions, letting people, especially introverts have time to process, think about it. They're going to come with wonderful ideas, but we've got to give them that time and space. Yeah, I have really learned that lesson over the years that people I don't need time to process. So that's difficult for me to allow that time for others. But I'm much more aware of that now than I ever was. Yeah, I think that's a great ad. So number two is listen. Always good advice, right? In all circumstances and for all people. But I think especially when an introvert 
offers up an idea. It is usually well thought out. They're not talking off the cuff a lot about things or they don't like to anyway. And so they're not going to come to you like I might come to you where I'm just spitballing, right? Or talking about something that I haven't really thought through very well. I just want to get people's opinions on. But so when they come to you with that, listen and realize the depth behind what they have just uttered. Number three, choose the communication method that you're going to use with an introvert thoughtfully. Picking up the phone and calling them to talk through a topic on the spur of the moment may not be the most effective way of connecting. Written communication is often preferred by introverts, but this is a generality. Just as you would with any staff member, ask each person how and when do they like to be communicated with. It's going to yield great results for both of you. Yeah. Number four says, allow them time to recharge. I'll tell you a quick story about someone on my team. We had had an internal, what we call a summit for a big group of people. And one of our introverts had spent a lot of time working on that. She was at the summit. She attended it and was great. Well, that night I got on a plane and flew to a national conference for two more days to which I was surrounded by even thousands of people at this process. And then when I got back to the office at the end of the week, I said something to the introvert person who said she was taking the day off because she had just been around so many people at the summit at the beginning of the week. And I Like, I just so, I know that about her, but I so don't always remember that, right? That I got Mm -hmm. on a plane and went to even more people and she's like, I've got to have time by myself for a while. So it's so important. Isn't that funny? And you came home energized and she's like, yeah. Yeah. Working at it. Interesting. Right. We invited a guest today who focuses on the dynamics of introversion and extroversion in the workplace. Our guest is Ryan Showalter, Director of Consulting at 8451. He earned his MBA at DePaul University and holds an undergrad communications degree from Denison University. In 2019, he founded ITOPIA, an employee resource group at 8451, a retail data science insights and media company around people introversion and extroversion. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Ryan, I understand that you consider yourself an introvert. Can you tell us about your journey through this and how you discovered your introversion? From my earliest memory, I was always on the quieter side of uh, the spectrum, if you will. So I was always sort of told I was quiet, too quiet. Uh, you need to speak up, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, but I didn't really understand it until uh, much, much later uh, when I entered the workforce. And I think uh, when I first took the Myers-Briggs test, which sort of gave it a name uh, for me around this uh, idea of introversion was when I first started to think uh, through that lens. But it it was... Uh, Kind of nice to have a name to it uh, that sort of encompassed a lot of the um, 
a lot of my personality traits, I guess. Um, but that was that was really the first time that like I started to think through the lens of introverted. Don't you think too, Ryan, that people mistake quietness for introversion or yes, correct. That is definitely a big assumption. Uh, because you can be a quiet extrovert, you could be a loud introvert, you could be a social introvert, a non-social introvert, all those things. And so it does sort of uh, have definitely this characteristic of potentially being mislabeled mm-hmm. or misinterpreted. And, and really the um, definition that I typically use, because there's multiple definitions out there around introversion, is really thinking about where you where you sort of get your energy from. Is it inward focused or is it externally focused? And you can see that come to life in certain things like at a party surrounded by lots of stimuli, do you get exhausted quickly or are you sort of uh, energized by all of that stimulus? If you mm-hmm. sort of react inwardly and, and sort of drained by stimulus, that's probably more introverted. If you have energy from it, that's probably more extroverted. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you're quiet. So it just it's sort of where your energy lies uh, and how you react to stimulus uh, versus anything else. Great explanation of that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So Ryan, what does ITOPIA stand for? We just refer to it as uh, Itopia. Uh, and so what we, where that name came about was just using, um, you know, this idea of introversion and smashing it together with Utopia. Because what we're trying to do is ah. create this ideal uh, sort of workplace for introverts. I like that. And so you've started um, Itopia. How many are in the group? Um, who's in the group? And what types of things do you focus on as a group? Yep. Uh, so we have over a hundred members out of like a thousand um, sort of uh, company size uh, that are currently participating within the group. Uh, what we focus on is really sort of a two-pronged approach. And so the first thing that we're trying to do is that uh, for a variety of reasons, our corporate culture has sort of developed this extroverted ideal. And by that, I mean, Mm. there is an ideal sort of set in people's minds uh, in in the way they think through things that is more extroverted. So you're looking for this dynamic, charismatic leader. And sometimes we associate leadership with sort of that dynamic, charismatic, sort of extroverted ideal of a leader, as an example of one area. Um, So one of the things we're working on is how do we create a little bit more balance in the organization, in our culture towards um, sort of, um, you know, introverted ideals, as well as the extroverted ideals. So that's sort of one area that we focus on. The second is because we live in this sort of extroverted ideal environment currently in our, mostly in our Western culture, by the way. But um, as, as we sort of operate in that, we also work with individuals or on the introverted side of what are the ways that you can manage through sort of that extroverted ideal. Well, at the same time, we're trying to bring that a little bit more into balance as well. Well, that makes sense. And Itopia obviously has started at your organization. Are you getting any interest at other companies? You know, when we first started, it kind of started organically as an idea just so around. We started talking very grassroots and, and just 
really with one person around this idea of like some some struggles uh, that he was having as an introvert. Uh, and it sort of spiraled. And as that sort of spiraled into a group, uh, when I first sort of ventured into this, the question I, was always an interesting one and took us a while to figure out is, how do you create a group of introverts when by our nature, we do not want to be part of a external sort That's of group? exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. How'd you get them um, to join? <laughs> correct. And, and so we started that a little bit uh, within small groups. And again, that, and then sort of multiplied out small groups into larger groups uh, is sort of how we sort of uh, approach that. But the idea, um, like I said, was to um, sort of work through what the struggles were with introversion and how to approach that. So uh, when we first started, it was really hard to find other sort of groups doing this. I don't think there were many. I'm sure there was a few. But if there were ones, um, again, sort of by nature, there's not a lot of sort of outward discussion about it. But I will say, as time has rolled on, and sort of this idea around introversion has continued to sort of progress, I, I do think there's additional momentum sort of in our culture and society around sort of understanding um, more introversion and and sort of, as I said, creating a little bit more balance in the approaches we're taking. So over time, I would definitely say there's more and more of these sort of groups popping up or this idea is definitely taking off in multiple areas. And you mentioned that one of the things the group talks about are some challenges that you have at work. Tell us more about that and what are some of those challenges? Yeah, I, I think uh, the biggest challenge is around the judgment of the style of introversion that sort of shows up in the workplace. By that, I mean, um, you might be in a meeting and an introvert may not say a word in a meeting. And that comes with currently, although I think this is, again, evolving, judgment around sort of that introvert not speaking up in a meeting. And that judgment is usually, again, assumptions of wasn't interested, didn't have anything valuable to say, distracted, all of those kinds of things uh, that sort of puts on this layer of judgment for someone simply really just absorbing uh, what's happening in a meeting, processing what's happening in a meeting, uh, thinking, and for a variety of reasons, just didn't formulate any sort of vocal output in a meeting. Now, there are times, and don't get me wrong, like we cannot just sit as introverts in meetings all day and never sort of uh, find our voice in those meetings. However, if someone emails or has a discussion after the meeting that creates value, it's still creating value. Maybe not the way you expected it, not the way you sort of approached it or wanted it to happen, but value is still being created. Then I would also say, like, was the meeting structure sort of created in a way that sourced or pulled from an introvert in a way that felt really um, authentic to the introvert? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe so. Those kinds of things are happening in the workplace. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions of how you could structure a meeting that would really optimize the chances of an introvert 
sharing. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that's happening is introverts sort of process inwardly and then sort of apply that outwardly. An extrovert would sort of process outwardly and then maybe reflect inwardly. Uh, is sort of, So we have these two like os- opposite sort of degrees of how people think. And it, mm-hmm. if you look in the science, there's some science around, it's really about the way your brain sort of uh, is mapped. And so like mm-hmm. an introvert has just like a longer pathway for all of these things to connect. While an e- extrovert is more sort of straight, it's a straighter path. So it just happens mm-hmm. faster. So that said, uh, ways to help is for sure things like preparation is very important from an introvert. Because if I can think ahead of the meeting on some of these topic areas, I am now more readily available to sort of externally sort of uh, communicate those. If if you don't prepare sort of for a meeting properly with an agenda, topics, those kinds of things, what happens is in the meeting then, rather than me ready and already have thought through some of these ideas, in the meeting, I'm actually doing all of that work. And it's all internal, sort of inwardly focused. Mm -hmm. And so like preparation for the meeting is definitely probably the number one thing. Second of all, I also think if you are looking for input from an introvert, signaling that, again, either ahead of the meeting or in the meeting, giving them enough time, and by time, it doesn't need to be a lot, enough time to process those thoughts and be ready to sort of express those. So Mm -hmm. I've had some really great extroverted leaders who we've worked and understood all of this, who, again, would just like say a sentence or two that, again, gives me enough time to sort of process and be ready to uh, speak. So it could be something like, Ryan, you've done a lot of work in this area around Mm -hmm. A, B, C, and D. I think you've done some really interesting things and would love to hear your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. And that's enough time for me to be like, oh, okay, <laughs> ready. I got to speak. And two, what is the topic? And then I'm ready to go. That's great. Versus, advice. you know, sort of just saying something and then assuming I would speak up, right? Oh, oh. And then getting frustrated when I didn't. But the whole time I was thinking about, what someone said before or something like that. I didn't, I didn't pick sure. up all the clues. So direct signaling yeah. uh, like that can also help immensely. No, I think that's great. Are there any superpowers that you think introverts have that businesses really need to leverage? Yeah, I, I, I think for sure. I think uh, what typically is happening again, typically is all of this internal processing is really actually valuable. So I I call it like massive scenario testing. So if you ask me a question, typically, and I think most introverts do this, we will work out scenarios in our head, like all the different variations before we almost communicate in some ways. Um, And so what you have typically with an introvert is a very thoughtful response because they've worked through in their own minds, sort of all these scenarios, all these things um, that can happen, but you got to give the space and the time a little bit to get that value versus an extrovert is going to react very quickly, which again has immense value as well. It's just different ways, different approaches, but for sure that ability to have this deep focus sort of thinking and processing uh, is definitely one of our our superpowers 
there's multiple um, superpowers, whether it's um, tends to be a little bit more empathetic mm-hmm. in many ways, again, because you're put you're you're going to put yourself in someone's shoes because you're that's a scenario. And so one of the scenarios is how does that person view it and those kinds of things. So there's definitely a lot of superpowers in what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think the key is how do you unlock it? How do you unleash it in a really an authentic way so that the introvert feels comfortable being who they are? And by doing that, you'll get the full sort of power of the introvert versus a faked or what uh, what I think you want to hear approach is less valuable maybe more visible maybe more out there but less valuable those are such great reminders for me because i need to have that awareness more often right to help them mm-hmm. you know at the top of the podcast we shared four tips that myers briggs suggests to employers to unleash that power of introversion what else might you add to the list? You, we just talked about a couple. But. I think the biggest one is reserving your judgment mm. until you have really understood or, or thought out how to understand what is happening. Uh, so it could be as simple as like eye contact. As an extrovert, you know what's sort of happening and why you create eye contact and you apply all these assumptions to it because that's what you know. But Lack of eye contact may not be disinterest, all those kinds of things that you associated with it. It could be that I needed to think. And so for some reason, I haven't figured out why I need to like focus somewhere else. Because if I'm focused on, and maybe it's the level of depth, if I'm focused on someone and trying to make eye contact, I will be really focused on that, not on the thought. And, And so like, Anywhere where you can reserve this judgment um, before you understand what's actually happening. And it's as simple as asking questions and not just making that sort of blanket assumption, uh, I think is a real helpful tip. um, I do too. For anyone. So we've been talking about uh, as employers, what can we do? And as business people, what can we do? Well, what advice would you have for listeners who are introverts themselves? Yeah, I think understanding yourself is really critical knowing that you're not alone in this so that that also can happen where you feel like this is very much you and not this broader sort of idea of this is a uh, introversion it can feel very much like i have the problem so knowing that you're not alone understanding uh yourself and doing that hard work of of what value you do bring and then exploring ways of how do you bring that out into the world that feels authentic to you is some some hard work that an introvert has to do. But if you do it, and if you gain that confidence in who you are and in the introversion itself and what you can bring to the table, you will add value many times over, mm-hmm. many times over. Makes sense. Great advice. And Ryan, you know, we love to ask people about joy at work or in their lives. What brings you joy around this topic of introversion? Yeah, I think I think the biggest joy I get out of it is maybe helping others not do some of the mistakes I sort of did in my career. Mm-hmm. And so too often I was trying to be extroverted 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, you know, it can work in the short term, but over the long term did not work for me. And so any place, anytime, anywhere I can sort of help someone avoid some of those mistakes and bring their whole self and feel comfortable being who they are is extremely, extremely rewarding and brings immense amount of joy uh, to me. Love it. Terrific. So Ryan, how can our listeners reach you if they want to explore this topic more? Yeah, I I can be reached uh, probably on LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. And I've had various sort of questions, whether it's specifically around introversion or forming uh, associate resource groups or people-led teams or whatever word uh, the organization used for groups around Itopia, I'm definitely here and willing to help anyone. Because like I said, it's not easy. Uh, And I wish I would have had someone to sort of ask some questions. And so I can definitely be that person for anyone sort of venturing into this space. Well, thank you so much. We're going to put a link to your LinkedIn in our show notes. And in in our era of really want to have inclusivity, I just think this has been a great topic and appreciate so much you're taking the time to visit with us today. Yeah. Well, Susan, uh, Jody, I I appreciate it as well, because not shocking to anyone. This is not something we're talking about. Again, the introvert is not sort of uh, designed to talk about it. So you guys shining a light on it is helping get that sort of conversation going, which I think is the most important thing we can do. Because as soon as you're aware, uh, you have to intentionally sort of uh, judge with okay. with thought and consciousness instead of unconsciously sort of acting. And the first step is just having these conversations, which again, is not sort of It's not in our DNA. And so I think too often those conversations aren't happening. Well, thanks again. Thank you. For those of you who want to learn more, there is a podcast series devoted to the topic of introverts at work. It's entitled The Quiet and Strong Podcast, especially for introverts, hosted by David Hall that you may want to check out on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ryan's been a guest on that show as well. We will put that information in today's show notes. Yeah, I think it can be good too, Susan, for people who are extroverts to listen to that information as well. I know a few years ago, you and I both heard Susan Cain speak on her book called Quiet, which was about being an, an introvert as well. And I learned so much from that book and and from her speaking as well, too. It, it definitely was not just for introverts. Absolutely. I think you're right. We have a listener question today. Susan, I thought you would in particular find this one interesting. Our listener said, what advice do you have for people transitioning away from full-time HR? They went on to say, I'm recently retired but no, I have more to contribute and am the, at the most experienced and least personally stressful point of my life. Wow. I can really relate to that listener because that's exactly what I did. I, after 30 plus years working in human resources, I didn't feel I was old enough to retire. I still had juice in me and I wanted to still do HR, which I love. So I did start a consulting practice. And in fact, we've had a... Um, an episode of the Joy Powered Workspace talking about 
becoming consultants with Jody's experience in mind. But there's other ways to do this. You don't have to start your own practice. Uh, you certainly could use Upwork, UPWORK.com. It's for freelancers. And it's a site where many organizations will go to if they're trying to find somebody who can maybe do a project or work with them on a part-time basis for a period of time. It's really, I think, a nice way to kind of put your toe in the water. You could be a contractor for an outplacement firm or an HR consulting firm or a recruiting agency in town. So often, given where the labor force is at this point in time, as we're recording this, there's such a need for talent. And even if you can only give it part-time, you could be really attractive to that. So I wish you well, listener. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever you decide to do, we'd love for you to let us know. Good luck. In the news, the 2022-2023 Sherm State of the Workplace Report found that remote workers are happier than in-person workers if you gauge it by how they responded to the statement, I'd recommend my organization to others as a great place to work. In the workplace report, only 44% of in-person employees would recommend their organization, while 56% of remote employees would. I think that's kind of telling. But then, historically, recommending your place of employment as a good place to work had a strong correlation to employee retention. But that is not what the study found to be true here in 2023. Instead, 21% of in-person workers reported they intended to pursue a new job in 2023, where 30% of remote workers indicated they were intending on seeking a new role. (laughs) Maybe remote work is not only making employees happier, but giving them the confidence to change jobs. Uh I think it's a trend we're going to want to watch. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. So thanks for joining us today and make it a joy-powered day. Thank you. If you would like SHRM recertification credit for listening to this podcast, please visit getjoypowered.com slash SHRM. You'll find an evaluation of the podcast, and once you complete the evaluation, you will see the SHRM recertification credit code and a link to a proof of participation certificate. Again, that's getjoypowered.com slash SHRM. Thank you for listening, and thanks for your dedication to the HR profession. If you liked the show, please tell your friends about it and let us know what you think by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can learn more about Joy Powered at getjoypowered.com. Check out the Joy Powered shop where you can order our books, journals, and other items that power our joy at getjoypowered.com shop. We're at Joy Powered on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at joypowered at gmail.com. We hope you tune in next time. Make it a Joy Powered day.